The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is yours in abundance, because that is how God loves. When we think about love, we maybe think about relationships, and when we think about relationships, we can think of all the different relationships we have, which is probably hundreds. You know, start just first of all with those who are close to you, your family, and then close friends. And then, of course, it can expand out from there to look at other friends and just other people that you have acquaintances or relationships with during the week, coworkers, students, teachers, well, the people at the store, the clerks, other people uh, maybe in stores. And, and so if you think about it, there's just a whole network of relationships that we have, and all of them on different levels. Now, not only are those different levels, but there's different aspects to those relationships too. Different things that make those relationships click or that you have to be aware of. And maybe it's a whole list of words like this. Relationships sometimes can be complicated. But there's one relationship in particular that I want to talk about, of course, and that's that personal relationship that we have with God. How did we get that relationship? What is that relationship like for you? Well, we want to focus on that relationship this month, and we'll do so not in a way that's complicated, but a rather simple way, and that is simply calling it grace. We'll start today by looking at how it is we came into that relationship and realize that we were looking for Jesus, but yet it was grace that drew us there. This cartoon illustrates uh, sometimes how complicated relationships can be. The young lady says to the man, you have a 30-year mortgage, a five-year car lease, and a lifetime gym membership, but yet you're afraid of commitment? And sometimes maybe we are. Sometimes relationships are complicated, and a commitment not just to a human being, but to a God? How did that all happen? Well, let's take a look at this account that Luke shares with us about one man. And from his life, we can see how this really applies to all people in his seeking a relationship with Jesus. It's the account of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now all the people saw this, and they began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. 
And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Two people looking for each other. Jesus looking for, I'm sorry, Zacchaeus looking for Jesus. What was going on that he's looking for Jesus? Well, I think we can think of maybe three things that move people to look for Jesus. And, and one is just curiosity. Sometimes people are just curious. They want to know more about Jesus. I've had people say that to me. They, they hear so much about him, that is, people who have you know, committed their lives to him and, and churches that are built to worship him, they kind of want to know more about him. What is it with him? And maybe that was the case with Zacchaeus, too. He heard about all these people that were following and he maybe wanted to wonder, are these just like a fan club? Or are they dedicated followers, and why? Or are they maybe just fools? Jesus did attract large gatherings of people. Hundreds would come to hear him speak, kind of like we think of with Billy Graham and the, the crowds that uh, he attracted. And so maybe Zacchaeus was just curious, I want to hear what this guy has to say, too. Or, you know, maybe he already heard some of the things that Jesus had been talking about, and maybe that kind of interested him, so he wanted to find out a little more. Of course, there's always that possibility that uh, he was curious to see if this guy would do a miracle, because that reputation was out there, too. Some of the things that Jesus could do, wow, I want to see that for myself to see if it's real. In other words, sometimes people are just curious about Jesus, because of all the fuss, all the attention that's given to him. But for some people, that curiosity doesn't go any farther. That's it. They hear about Jesus and these things he teaches and the things he's done and who he claims to be, and sometimes they just say, you know what, that's, that's just too far-fetched. That can't be real. Or that kind of stuff, that's really not what I need or interested in. You know, that might be fine for somebody else. Maybe they need some kind of a crutch, some kind of support, but I don't need that. And then, of course, there are people who, from their curiosity, begin to follow Jesus like fans. And they get excited by what he does and, and think, you know, I can be like that too. And there are religions that have grown up with that kind of perspective on Jesus. Let's, let's do what Jesus did, because then, you know what, our life will be good too. And they see him purely as an example and not their savior. What was it that drew you to Jesus? While there may be a lot of things that spark people out of curiosity, I think there was something else probably that moved Zacchaeus to look for Jesus, and that was some conviction of guilt. You know, Luke tells us about the reputation Zacchaeus had in the community. He was the chief tax collector. Now, we have come into tax season for ourselves, 
and uh, you know how we start to get. We you know, kind of complain, oh, look at the money I have to give to the government, and that's my hard-earned money. Why should I give it to them when they waste it? And, and we get upset. But I think it was even worse for Zacchaeus because people didn't like him. We may not like the IRS, but people didn't like him. What is it that he did? Well, first of all, he's working for the enemy, the Roman government, not the Jewish government. And he apparently was ripping people off from his own confession. He said that he probably took from people more than they were supposed to give. Maybe he was charging too much. Maybe he was taking out of, some out of the kitty for himself. Maybe he was just plain old dishonest in what he was doing and greedy. And then he's wealthy. And the people are probably thinking, why should I give my money and then he takes it? He's got more than enough. I need my money. So he was looked down on, and not just because he was shorter, but because of his behavior. So picture that now. He comes to this crowd that is there to see Jesus, and he can't get through. And nobody really was willing to let him through. They probably said, you know, keep that guy in the back. He doesn't deserve to see Jesus. We're the ones. That guy figured it out himself. Have you ever thought that way or acted that way towards someone? Oh, probably not purposefully, not forcefully, but maybe in some unintended ways, we too kind of looked down on others and said, you know what, they don't need to hear about Jesus. I'm not going to tell them. And maybe in some way we have crowded them out from seeing Jesus too. I was doing some traveling this week and on a plane, and in the row in front of me there was a an older gentleman, an empty seat, and then a, a lady. And this uh, older gentleman started saying why he was going to Minnesota. It was to see uh, family because now he was suffering from cancer. And he thought maybe this would be the last time he would see his family. And as he was saying that, he started to cry. And the lady then said, you know, oh, I'm sorry about that. And, and she said, you know, I'm going to pray for you. I'm a Christian, she said. And I believe that God loves all people. And I believe that God loves you and wants to take care of you. So I'm going to pray for you. And I didn't hear the rest of the conversation after that. But I got to thinking, would I have started a conversation like that? First of all, I don't know if the guy would have even have talked to me. But would I have then gone on to say, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. You know, I'm a Christian and I believe God loves you and can care for you too. But sometimes you know how we get. We kind of close ourselves off from other people. Well, I'm not going to go into that personal space. And maybe that's what it was like for Zacchaeus. People didn't want to let him into their personal space. But yet, I think there was something else that, that drew Zacchaeus to Jesus. It wasn't just his guilt, but it's what he saw in Jesus. His reputation, that he was a friend to sinners. As even the crowd had pointed out, he's going to eat with this sinner. He probably had heard how he put down the self-righteous attitude of people, the Pharisees, and how they thought it's what you do, that's how you get right with God. He had heard that Jesus accepted people who couldn't be right with God, 
because of their sins. His confession about his own life revealed he was convicted about sins and that he needed some tax relief himself. He needed to be relieved of that burden of debt that he owed to God. It's the same one that you and I owe. Yeah. Every day, every week, we amass a debt ourselves toward God with our selfish attitudes, our, our greed, our wanting things to go our way, listening to my will and not God's will. We can be convicted too. And like the Apostle Paul admitted before in our reading, we should say, I'm the worst of sinners. Is that why you're here? I think there's another reason why you're here. It's, it's not just the curiosity about Jesus. Because you know what? You could go anywhere else or do anything else, read some books, watch a DVD, and find out more about Jesus. I don't think it's that you're here just because you're convicted by guilt and want some relief. Because you know what? You could do something else to get rid of that guilt. You could go out and have fun somewhere and just not think about your guilt. No, I think you're here for another reason. Because you know that Jesus accepts you. You see, you're convinced of who he is. That he is this prophet who speaks the truth, who is powerful in word and deed. You've heard what he has done. You've heard what he has said. You know what he still does in people's life, in fact, in your own life. You're convinced of who he is. But that wasn't because you figured it out. Like Jesus said to Peter, after Peter confessed him to be the Christ. It's the same for us. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You see what all this is talking about with our personal relationship with Jesus? It's not curiosity. It's not a conviction of guilt. It's being convinced. We call that grace. You ever think about your relationship with God? Is it something, though, that maybe is just very automatic for you, very n normal? This is what you are, what it's like. Do you just do things automatically related to your spiritual life? Or do you ever stop and think, how did I get to this point? How is it that I know Jesus? It's because of grace. It's not because of what you have done or have figured out. It's because of grace. Just listen carefully to how the Spirit is calling you through his word, through the sacraments. Don't try to look for some motivation, some spiritual fire that you need to stoke inside yourself because that's not where it comes from. It comes from God, his Spirit working in your heart. So just listen and let the Spirit move you and see the truth for yourself 
This relationship you have with Jesus is grace. Because while you are looking for him, the truth is, Jesus is actually looking for you. When Jesus was going down that street, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus in that tree. But he saw more than just a little man hanging in the tree. He saw what was in his heart. He saw that condition. He saw that sin. He saw the greed, the selfishness, the self-centeredness, and probably a whole bunch more, just like he sees in us. And maybe he saw some worry, some loneliness being rejected by others, some searching, curiosity, that conviction, and maybe even a desire to know God and be closer to him, just like us. But you see, while Zacchaeus is searching for God, God's grace is already at work searching for Zacchaeus, just like he is for us. The Lord sees the condition of our heart. From Jeremiah the prophet, he said, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. And what he sees is that we need to be turned around. And that's what he's seeking, our conversion. Look at the words that Jesus spoke to Zacchaeus when he spotted him up in that tree. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Immediately. Right now. Let's not put this off. Don't think well, I need a little bit of time to see if this is really where I want to go. No, right now, Zacchaeus, come down. Don't say, you know, I'll put it off when I'm older. i got so much going on in my life right now. When I kind of settle down and get older, then I'll think about Jesus. No, immediately, Zacchaeus, right now, because you need me right now. And look what he says. I must stay at your house. Isn't that an interesting word for God? God must do something? Zacchaeus had a, had a desire, a curiosity. He had something driving him, that guilt. But nothing could match the desire and the drive of Jesus to see Zacchaeus. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. And it wasn't because Zacchaeus said, yeah, I'm turning my life around now, Lord. I'm going to fix all those faults I've done in the past. You'll see, I'm a new man. No, the salvation that came to Zacchaeus' house was Jesus. He's the salvation. For as he said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, to look for them. And not just to say, yeah, there's some bad ones sitting here. And there's some good ones too. I'll take the good, but I'll leave the bad. No, that's not the seeking Jesus does. He sees we all need him. 
We all need to be saved. We all need to be rescued. Because we're all bound by sin and being dragged deeper and deeper toward hell. But he'll smash those chains. He did with his perfect life. We all need to be saved from the devil. We need to be saved from death and from God's wrath. And we are. Because you know what? Jesus took all of that on him and away from us. We need to be saved from this wretched body of sin with its weaknesses and its illnesses and its failings. And we will be. Jesus' resurrection tells us that. He was raised so that we will be raised. And he ascended and is enthroned because there he is preparing a place for us too. Jesus is seeking our turnaround, our conversion. When Jesus reached that spot, he said, I must stay at your house. Not just, hey, I want to pass by and just look from the outside and say, hey, all right, nice place, Zacchaeus. I'm just not going to stop in and, you know, share a cup of coffee and that'll be it. No, I'm coming there to stay. Not your house, but your home, your life. Jesus wants to move in to our life. You see, he wants not only our conversion, but he wants our company. Jesus wants to hang with us. Jesus wants to live with us and in us, to heal us, to encourage and strengthen, to guide us, to forgive us, He wants to be in our homes. He wants to be in our schools. He wants to be in our work. He wants to be in our recreation. He wants to be everywhere where we are. He must, because that's his passion. That's his mission. And get this. Then he invites us to come and dine with him. To have a very special meal that he has prepared in the bread and the wine where he gives us the body and his blood that was given into death to pay for our sins. That blood to cleanse us of our sins and to clothe us with his righteousness so now we are in a right relationship with God. He wants us to know this, to believe it, to trust it, to rejoice in it, to worship because of it, and to serve in order to share it with others. Do you know others who need to know Jesus? Simple answer, yes, because everybody needs Jesus. So really the question is more, what are you willing to do about it? There was a movie several decades ago about the untouchables. It was a group of detectives in Chicago that was fighting against Al Capone and the mob. And the movie was about the young detective Elliot Ness and how he was being trained by an older detective to take on this mob. And the question he kept asking, in fact, reached down or pulled Elliot Ness down after he had been shot and was dying, and with his dying breath simply said, what are you prepared to do? For some reason, that question has always just stuck with me from that movie. 
What are you prepared to do? I'm prepared with faith in Jesus. I'm prepared with abilities. I'm prepared with 24 hours a day. I'm prepared with treasure. I'm called to share Jesus. And so are you. We're in a relationship now to praise and to rejoice and to serve and to share. During this time of the year, as we focus on how we have been brought to God through the cross, let's be reminded that's what it's all about, this relationship with God, and how we can share that with others. Yeah, sometimes relationships get to be complicated, but not the one with Jesus. It's actually pretty simple. We just call it grace. Amen. Let's respond to God's word by singing the hymn verse in the middle of page 8. I invite you now to fill out a welcome worshiper card found in the hymnal rack in front of you. One side for our members, another side for guests and visitors. And if you are visiting us today, we extend a warm welcome to you. We hope we get a chance to meet you after the service. When you have finished filling out that card, just pass them down to the diagonal aisles and the ushers will pick them up. Now we gather our offering for the Lord. <laughs> 